We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We are finally back in the friendly confines of our homes here in <laughs> Prairie Lanes in good old Granger, Indiana. No more hotels, no more weird rooms, no more long trips. Prevents to Dario, football analyst at Irish Breakdown. I'm Brian Triscoll, your publisher. And, you know, Vince, we got some really interesting stuff. We've been trying some things out here before the show started. And I think, I think y'all are going to like what we have to do here today. So, uh, here's what the premise of this show is for those who are new. So last night you got our raw immediate after the game. This is how we felt when we watched it live thoughts. We go back in and we break down the film and here's what happened. Sometimes things are not as bad as we thought. Sometimes things are they're, worse than we saw. Yes, thought. Sometimes they're and worse. Sometimes it's just, we have a better understanding of why things happen. So we are going right. to talk about those things now. There are some things that I watched that when I watched it, Vince, it was as bad as I thought. Uh, there wasn't anything that was necessarily worse than I thought. Just I'm a little more mad now than I was before. For example, <laughs> there's no excuse for Tobias Merriweather not to have played last night unless he Agreed. was none. Uh, there were some things that were better than I thought. And some people are not going to like it because it's, uh, you know, uh, string Tommy Reese up by his, you know, ankles and, you know, and Tarn Featherman and, and give him some some lashes and there are some things that he has to do better compared to last night. No but doubt. There were adjustments that were made and it came down to it. Where was execution? So now the offensive coordinator is responsible for execution. And yes. that is something that needs to get fixed. But the, some of the adjustments and some of the things we saw in the second half, we're going to talk about, I think that there were some things that maybe they weren't as prepared for going in that they should have been prepared for. We'll talk about those as well. Uh, they didn't quite adjust to some of those things as quickly as I think they should have adjusted to. There was execution problems, miscommunications, missed opportunities. A lot of things went wrong on the offense and defensively, Vince. It was every bit as good as, for me, it was every bit as good as we thought last night. So what you're saying is you're in favor of execution? Is that what you're saying? Oh, dear. Don't even go there. Don't even <laughs> go there. I'm not even going there. I couldn't help it. I'm not even going there. I'm trying, I'm really trying to be in a good mood here because obviously yeah. last night, if anybody was in the show with us, all 1,200 of our friends, I was not in a good mood and I got a good night. 
well, kind of a good night's sleep. Had a wonderful ride home with my good buddy. And I'm trying to be happy and I'm watching the film and I'm, you know, trying to be excited. I was excited to see my kids when I got home. Trying to put myself in better spirits, Brian. Not a fun film session, man. No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Well, at least when we're breaking down the offense. Well, and that's After watching the film, Ben Morrison is still a dude. And I will also say, and I know we're going to get to this later and I'll just, I'll tease it, but the secondary who I thought was a bright spot last night coming out of it, watching it live. I was even more happy with the secondary after watching it on film. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, Vince, we're going to go offense first, defense second. Okay, so we're going to get the ugliness out of the way first, like we did last night. Plus, we're both offensive guys, and we have a lot more to talk about. And then we're going to dump jump into the defense. We're going to have some stuff for you on the offense. So I, I think you guys are going to are going to like this. I, I, I think the first thing for me, Vince, that it comes down to it is we're going to talk a little scheme stuff, and then we're going to kind of get into some of the execution things. And 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 the first thing for me that I think the big thing from last night is is – the one theme that we had that was confirmed watching film and even actually confirmed and then some was the missed opportunities. There were a lot more opportunities for big plays last night or even just important plays, chain moving plays that we're going to get into. So we're going to talk about some of the the execution things first, but I want to go over a little bit of the scheme and some of the things that Ohio State did that Notre Dame had problems with that Notre Dame honestly should have done a better job of adjusting to sooner But they did adjust to them. So the first thing that I want to kind of pull up here, Vince, is I want to kind of get into some of the stuff that we saw early in the game. And and this is a a first and 10 play uh, on Notre Dame's first drive. This is right after Lorenzo Styles had the 54-yard catch and run on the RPO. This is the very next play. Very very next next play, play. right? Very next play. They only had one first and and 10. Yep. 
Yep. And Vince, if at any point in time I start to get choppy with my words, just kind of give me give me just a little bit of heads up. But I think we should be okay. My video might go out a little bit. That's just the issue we're having. But hopefully the yep. the audio still sounds good. So Notre Dame is in a 12 personnel look here, right? So we've talked mm-hmm. about this before. Let's go 12 personnel. Okay, so that means two tight ends. So you have Michael Mayer here. That's tight end number one. You have Kevin Bauman here. All right, so that's the two tight ends. You have Audric estimates the running back, and then you have two receivers over here to the field. Okay, so Ohio State did a lot of this last night, and and what they did was is basically said we're going to play cover one or cover zero. Now in this particular play, this is cover one. Cover one means you got man here. So let's go here. You got man to man here, right? You've got man to man here, and then you've got man here and man here, and then with one free safety. That's what cover yep. one means, okay? Yep, he's got the whole so, field to take care of. He's playing. That's, that's what right. they call center field. He's got the center of the that's field, right. and he's he goes where he thinks he needs to go. Right. So in this alignment, you have this safety. This is the kind of the guy that you have to worry about. What, what you had here is this right here up top. You see they had man-to-man. And mm-hmm. what you're going to find from this alignment, Vince, is Ohio State was in a very aggressive box. So Notre Dame basically yeah. has seven guys in the box here, right? So these it's two tight ends and five offensive offensive linemen. Ohio State has their four defensive linemen, their two linebackers, and then they have a safety and a corner or a safety. It looks like that, both of their safeties actually because they have their 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 three safety look. They have two safeties here. So they basically have eight so was eight guys in the box to yes. Notre Dame's seven. And this Already safety over here, right. Now, Notre Dame's two guys are on the hash and outside the hash. And this safety here is cheating towards the hash and eyeing inside. And at the snap, he kind of flat-footed, stay, you know, stayed a little bit in that zone. He didn't take off over there. And, and so I will Notre t- Dame I, tried to – go ahead, Vince. I, I was just going to say, and I will say that the safeties, I would say 85% of the night had their eyes in the backfield and were playing run support before pass support. So that was a that yeah. was a trend. That was a trend, oh, yeah. and, that, and we'll have some more clips yeah. or even more make it more yes. obvious. Yeah. So my whole point is these needed to be times when going into this game, you needed to see more of a willingness to attack here, and that's what we didn't see. So this this play this came after the fifteen yard gain or after the fifty four yard gain plus right. a fifty four a fifteen yard penalty added on to the end. So Notre Dame gets that's over right. to sixteen and the drive stalled. Because the red zone plan last night, to me, wasn't as effective going into the game. Now, later in the game, they had another red zone opportunity that worked out, and they had some good stuff there. But here, they had opportunities on first and second down to go right here. And both times, they decided to run the ball into an, an where you had an outnumbered box. And I think that, to me, was a bit of a mistake, Vince. And we saw that several times. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show kind of the the tight copy here of this particular play and you're going to see what I'm talking about. So let me just pull this up. So this is the tight copy version of this play. And the other thing that you can see is here's the center right here. So Notre Dame has one, one, two, three, four blockers over here. Ohio state has one, two, three, four, five guys backside. And then Notre Dame has three on three. Okay, and so they basically ran an, an inside zone. Basically, they're coming back here where they were outnumbered. That was the other part of the problem, is right. they were running into the outnumbered side, right? And so to me, there needed to be some kind of check here, and it right. still isn't good because the other problem is here's what here's why this is a really good game plan. So what Ohio State does here is they outnumber Notre Dame over here. So out here, Notre Dame is outnumbered. 
Over here, Notre Dame is out leveraged. So you got leverage here, leverage here, right? And he's leveraged on the nose. And they've got a guy here in this backside guy. This linebacker right here, still Chambers, can easily get over here if he needs to or to fill backside. And so this is a really good alignment here by Ohio State, and Notre Dame didn't really have an answer for it. I would have liked to see something where maybe they tried to run over here. But again, it would have been a little tough because you are out leveraged in that instance. But that's why I felt that the check should have been get the ball out, take a shot, move Tyler Buckner, you know, where maybe you get a reach block here and you try to sprint him out, you know, move your back over here and try to run some kind of swing concept or, you know, maybe get your back over here and protect and then maybe send him down the seam to isolate this safety and then keep that one on one backside. And so to me, I look at it and I say, you know, look, I just it was it was something that we saw from Ohio state plenty of times in this game last night, Vince, where they just didn't have, they didn't, they, it's like they weren't prepared for it. And I think that was something that was a little bit concerning for me was the fact that they didn't seem as prepared for the numbers in the box. And and my, my concern is, and here's another example of what you were talking about Vince earlier is you're in, there's four down linemen. Notre Dame is in now 11 personnel. Okay. So 11 personnel means one, one tight end, right? Tight end here, one back, three receivers, one, two, three receivers. That's 11 personnel. Okay. Yep. So Notre Dame has basically six in the box. Okay. From there. Okay. So six in the box. Let me get rid of all these six in the box. Notre Dame has six in the box, five down linemen and a defensive end. Ohio state has one, two, three, four, five, six players technically in the box, but yeah. with this press but. corner here, <laughs> This safety is within seven yards of the line of scrimmage. This safety is within seven yards, and their entire disposition is downhill. So they now right. have nine guys that they can easily insert into the box. Okay, and then out here you've got a one-on-one and a one-on-one. There's no way this guy is going to be able to, to, in my opinion, to help out with that. And if he does, it's because you've got something going on over here. So, you know, play action pass it for sure. You've got a one-on-one down here. There were just so many opportunities. This was a first-half play. There were so many opportunities in the first half. Where Ohio, this is when we said last night, Ohio State is daring you, daring well, you to throw the ball down the field, and they didn't do it. And the other thing I want to point out here. And first half. Great, first half, they a, didn't do it. This is a great screenshot because if you look at the receiver corner matchup at the bottom of the screen there, right, you can see where they're lined up. This corner is playing inside leverage. He's not even playing outside leverage. You would think that he would be playing outside leverage, which means he's lined up a little bit on the outside, forcing the receiver to go inside, right? Because that's where he has help. He's actually playing a little bit, a little bit more to the inside, and allowing. There's there's no way this guy's helping him. No chance. Because who is this guy keyed on? Who's he keyed on? He's keyed on the Michael Mayer. Correct, Michael Mayer. Yes. Looking and right. So, this is what we talked about going in. Vince, you brought, talk, you brought this up too. Remember last week we talked about this. The the, the reason that, that that we felt that Ohio State was going to load the box is because it also takes care of Mayer. Yes. Because they exactly can play right. through Mayer to the running back. And that's Correct. what they did all night. And this is right. another example of that. So, so my point here is that he is giving outside release to the wide receiver where he does not have help. They're They're saying, go ahead. Take an outside release. Doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And that's what bothers me the most because that's a one step and just put it up. My guy can get around your guy faster. One-on-one. He's not going to have any safety help. He's giving you the outside release. 
that was maddening to me. It was maddening to me. So th- this is a great screenshot of that, and I pre- I appreciate you bringing that up, Ryan. And, and real quick in response to a comment, Michael Mayer is not too heavy at 265. He may be listed at 265 on the roster. Michael Mayer is actually five pounds lighter than he was last season. So if we're going to have criticisms, that's all fair. At least be accurate with your criticism and uh, what you're going to say about the team. And, and that's fine. You can criticize. Just be accurate, okay? So, Vince, this is another example of – of what Ohio state was showing a lot of the first half that I felt like Notre Dame did not have, they were not prepared for in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, here's, I'm going to bring up another example here. We have several of these examples. This is another one. Okay. I mean, Notre Dame's in a bunch, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys that are in technically in the box. And then an eighth guy right here who is, can easily insert himself off the edge or into the box. Yes. Just outnumbered all night. And at some point in time, you, you know, again, another guy inside leverage. Another example where they're basically kind of baiting you into, I dare you to throw the ball down the field. Correct. Now, Notre Dame, the other problem is, the other issue is in, in this particular play is an example, Ohio State had a good feel for what Notre Dame's protections were going to be. And this play is a perfect example, Vince, because Notre Dame was in a basically the running back free released here. I think it was a wheel route, but it was a free release, which means Notre Dame only has five guys blocking. Now, technically, Ohio State here, this was another issue last night that Notre Dame had a problem with uh, that I noticed there were there were there were execution problems, but also some protection problems schematically. Okay, so what Ohio State did here is they have they could have brought more numbers than Notre Dame had you know, from the whole line standpoint, but they didn't. But what they were doing is they were beating Notre Dame with numbers to a side. So on this particular mm-hmm. play, I be- this guy drops, this end drops, and then they only had one, two, three. I-, I believe one of these two guys came. I forget which one it was. And then the linebacker came here. So they actually only brought five guys on this particular play. But what happened is, is they crashed this hide and they, and they, and they crashed right. out here. So this guy went wide. And then the linebacker came here through this a gap, and the issue is is that Josh Lug and Blake Fisher both ended up taking this guy, the three technique, because the end dropped. And so on this particular play, Zeke Carell helps out here with the left guard to take on these three guys over to this side, and then they bring Tommy Eikenberg here. Oh, that was and a sack. And Zeke Carell right? never steps to him. Well. I'm curious if Zeke Curl actually should have stepped to him on that particular play. I'd be curious. Go ahead. Can I break in on this? This is the first sack, right? This is the first sack of the game because I I remember this play and I wrote it down. Um, Anyway, so what happened, in my opinion, was I think the left side did it right. I think the left side did it right. Bingo. Josh Lug, uh, because of what you just said, they were overloaded on the left. Right. They were not anticipating the drop, right? So he opens up to take the three. He turns himself almost a complete 90 yep. degrees this yep. way, Not right? Like the problem like with this. that, the problem with that, you need to stay square to the line of scrimmage. You're not a tackle anymore. You can't right. open yourself up like that. You have to stay square because if he would have stayed square, he would have seen the linebacker right. coming off of his left side and he could have right. stepped over. Right and gotten that guy, or at least gotten a hand right. on him. I'm, I don't need you to pancake him in that right. regard. I and just the need issue you to is, Vince, 
He's got to step to that side, stay square. Now there comes a point in time where he may have to t- to engage that guy, depending on what the rush sure. is. So right, if, right, right. if he steps square and this this three technique beats him here, or let's say he would have slanted inside, then he's going to take that on. Sure. But as soon as this guy kind of goes out here, that's now Blake Fisher's dude. Exactly. So your you eyes need to be prepared for two things. Are is this guy coming inside or is mm-hmm. this guy coming inside? Which and is why you he have needs to, to be able to kind square. of see that, see that. Yes. Okay, this guy's crossing so clearly. So I got to get my eyes inside and protect this inside A gap. And he doesn't right. do it. And, you know, so to me now, I, we could be wrong. It may have been yeah. Z Carell's guy. Th- but that was but my read just, on the situation. But he the can't point is, yeah. they didn't bring more numbers than Notre Dame had. They had a good read on what Notre Dame was doing, and Notre Dame wasn't able to pick it up. So I think that to me is was an issue where I, I thought Jim Knowles had a really good plan for what Notre Dame's protection scheme was, and Notre Dame yeah. never really adjusted. And so when you talk about the things that weren't as – we didn't talk a lot about this last night because it's not something we really see live. We've got to kind of go back in right. the film and watch exactly. it. It looked live like, okay, Zeke Carell screwed up. Yes. He may still have screwed up, but I, I have some more reservations about who actually it was – on that one that Absolutely. screwed up on that particular play. and it looked like and, it was and, him because it came from his side and and normally right. you're like okay well it's a pass off and a go and and he's just double teaming and a guy runs right, right here and he doesn't do anything you know i mean right. That, right right that's what we don't know like i don't know if it was a half slide man you know you know and then you know more of a man protection here or, or sure. you know if it was a mic protection without a, you know where the quarterback's got to take care of the mic you know, those are the different things that you look at. But either way, it was not executed appropriately by by the Notre Dame offense. And so one of the other things we talked about in the game, Vince, and, and we're not going to kind of go through the whole game. We're just going to kind of go through different things. We're just going to highlight some through stuff. Film. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, one of the things that I did want to kind of get to is I was <laughs> frustrated that they weren't more prepared to be aggressive in the first half early in the game. But one of the things we said last night that I now through film say, okay, I'm chain amending that is they were more aggressive in the second half and they did make adjustments. And I'm going to go through a couple examples of missed opportunities that Notre Dame had. And this is one particular play. I believe this was the first play of the second half, or it was one of the early plays of the second half. And basically Notre Dame runs a, a kind of a stop route here by Braden Lindsay. Lorenzo Styles runs a wide fade here. Then they just had kind of double ends here. This safety, Tyler Buckner did a pretty good job of kind of locking him in the middle of the field. And by the time he was ready to release it, the safety was not going to make a play on it. Lorenzo Styles just flat ran by the guy, Vince. I mean, he just oh, he had is, him beat by the first down three. This is the first down play yeah. of their first series. Right. Yeah. This the is three, the four overthrow. Down, yeah. yeah. Right. So this was the I, overthrow. Was, I thought it was the first play. This is the overthrow. Yeah. Yep. It was the overthrow. And I just want to say, you know, I saw a million times in the chat last night, you know, you know, Butner had an opportunity and he overthrew him, et cetera, et cetera. He did. He, did. he overthrew him. But he yeah. also had a guy right here right. when he threw the ball. And when you're getting right. hit and you throw the ball, it generally lofts a little bit. I'm not making an excuse, yeah. but it's not like he was throwing from a clean pocket. He's gonna have to. He's that's something. He's gonna have to learn to make that play, though. Absolutely. Right? I can excuse it in game one. I'm not excusing it in in in, in game four or five. Correct. Right. You're not even excusing Correct. it. But look, you got to make this play. You've got to make this play because right. you don't have a lot of opportunities. It. Agreed. But to your point, that was the other thing I was going to bring up. Is to your point is Vince is he he did not he did not 
make the play, but he also had a guy in his face. Correct. And this kind of ties into Who came clean. To what we were. I mean, right, <laughs> right. It, it, it just it, it it points to like I said another example of you know you've got to do a better job of of protecting your quarterback. I mean, the opportunities are there. You've right. got to do a better job of protecting your quarterback. I'm going to try to find the next look that we had on this particular concept because they went back to it uh, a little bit later okay. in a different type of look that I, that, that again was there. Let's give me a second to find it here. That's not it. Where did it go? Where's that play at? Just give me a second, <laughs> folks. I got all these clips here and I'm trying Which to find awesome, that by particular the way. play. Okay, here we go. So uh, here we go. So here's this next clip right here. So this is later in the half. This is mm-hmm. the second half again. And you have a similar concept here where you get kind of a quick stop route. And th- this time it's Braden Lindsay is running the wide fade. Now you've got a wide ah. fade by Braden Lindsay. This safety is all the way over here on this hash. Okay. Now one of the issues is Jaden Thomas just got destroyed off the line of scrimmage, which was not good. And so basically you, you did isolate here. You got an isolation of Braden Lindsay on a safety and Tyler Buckner gets back and he never gets a chance to get the throw off because of another pressure. Mm-hmm. And so the problem is you, you made adjustments schematically with your pass game, but you never figured out a way to protect the quarterback. And that was a bit of an issue for me. And I don't remember if they had the back step in or if the back free released again. I, I don't. I should have wrote that down. I did not. I did not write that down. But again, this is another opportunity where they went. De- they were trying to go deep with an isolation throw. They put Braden Lindsay as the number two receiver. Right. We talked about ways that you should have been able to get your best players lined up against situations, and that's something we complained about last night, Vince. Well, this is another example of in the second half where they did it. But the problem is you couldn't protect it. Right, correct. And, and that was that was the thing last night, that you made an adjustment here, but you didn't make an adjustment or figure out a way to protect it. And then your line didn't execute that those protections. Now, I don't know if it was the quarterback not making the call. I, I don't know what the answer was or why that is. We'd have to know more about what the call was. But in this particular situation, Vince, this is another shot. So you had the overthrow to Styles, where you took a shot. You had this play here where you couldn't get the ball off. You took another shot later with Matt Salerno. I don't think that should have been the shot they should have taken. Right. But then you have this. You, you then that was you the one where the other side of the right. field, right? It was the other oh, side of yes. the field. Yes. yes. Right. Yes. And then you also had a shot, I believe, in the third quarter to Lindsay that was completed. Right. And so I'm going to kind of take back a little bit of one of my criticisms of the offensive staff and Tommy Reese because of that right there, because of the fact that I do think that they they made some adjustments in that regard. Now, the, the criticism that remains is, OK, you can't adjust one part if you're not giving yourself time and protection to throw that one part. Yeah. And, and so the criticism isn't completely taken away, Vince. Right. It, it's still there. Right. And I, I will also say, and, and the touchdown drive that they had, that Notre Dame had in the first half, was honestly, from a play calling standpoint, from an execution standpoint, it was a thing of beauty because they simplified their run game. They weren't trying to be cute. They weren't trying to move their linemen all over the place. They, you know, they, they it was straight ahead. It was duo. It was zone. It was here we come with our big old back 
it was a bunch of misdirection. It was RPOs. No, there, there actually, there wasn't. I took them on the first touchdown drive. Right. There wasn't really any misdirection on that. They were they were getting more downhill on that one. Other than the quarterback read zone, unless that's you count what that I meant. As a, I, that, as a I'm sorry that that's what I was referring yeah. to. It was moving people okay. around that kind of a thing. It was okay. you know abusing the seam with the second tight end. Right. They were doing all of these things that we have seen and that we've talked about, and it was beautiful. And I thought Tommy Reese kept the defense off you know on their heels that entire drive. It's why they drove down the field the way that they did. Right. And then they just didn't go back to it. And I that that's what was hard for me because I saw it in that game. And even on film, I was like, oh, man, what a great play call at that moment. You know what I mean? Uh, it was a great job where they faked. Remember, they faked the pitch. And then that was the play where they hit Bauman on the seam. Because when they faked the pitch, every single one of the linebackers bit and went towards the pitch. And it opened up the seam. I mean... It was like Moses parting the Red Sea. There was nobody there. It was perfect, right? So it was really good play calling, really good execution. They drove right down the field and scored a touchdown. I just wish they could have built off of that moving forward in the game, and they didn't. There's another play, Vince, here too. You know that I, that I'm that I'm pulling up now that I want to I want to bring up, but. I, I guess my thing is, is even in the second half, as we kind of talk about the different things that I wanted to see more of, even then it was still, there were still too many times in my view where you were. So like here, here's, I guess this is what I'm saying, Vince. There were times in this game where they schemed things up to try to get an ISO and get it, get that type of situation. But what we still didn't see enough of, in my opinion, was times where they were just willing to say, you know what, forget it. We're just going to take a shot. And, and that was kind of the thing where sometimes yeah. it's, it's about the scheme and, and drawing it up. And other times it's just, you know what, like you've just got to, you've got to trust your guys more. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring up a perfect example of what we were talking about here right now uh, in this particular place. So if you just give me one second, I got to transfer it over and then, We'll we'll have it, but I, I wanted and you, you're going to know what what play I'm talking about, Vince. Here as soon as I bring it up, so just give me a second, everybody. So I, I remembered this play that I wanted to I wanted to bring up from last night. Here it is. Okay, this is this is the play that they drew, that they drew up to Matt Salerno, right? So what happened was the Salerno was out here and he motioned inside. They ran a play action and he basically ran a wide fade here. Okay, now I'm not, I got no issue with Matt Salerno. He had a nice catch last night. He's a nice, solid player. But here's here's my thing, Vince. Sometimes you can draw it up all you want. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys. Ten guys. Bam. Inside right. leverage against right. Braden Lindsay. Right? And, and also, to me, I will also say, use... Right. Use Salerno on that. Use him to come across because you're going to be testing the eye discipline of those guys in the box too. And even right. though there's really no way they're going to be able to get out and help on that one-on-one -on -one at the top of the screen, they're mm -hmm. they're still going to be coming this way because of that action to the left. That's an right. That is such an easy fake. To but the I left don't even need the action. Home. I don't even need the action. This is where I'm coming. I know. From. I don't need the action. I don't need to scheme it. I don't need to do whatever. Trust Braden Lindsay. 
And if he and if you can't, then find someone you can. Right? Trust Braden Lindsay because here's my thing: it's a one-on-one against a corner playing inside. Braden Lindsay has gotten deep a couple times in this game already. This is one of those things where we talk about the training wheels. Here's what needs to happen, Vince. The training wheels need to be: hey, man, you see this play? Go for you, it. I don't care what the call is. I don't care what the call is here, Vince. You see this play, Tyler. You're catching it and you're banging it, right? They did an inside release like stop route. It needs, I don't care if they got to do some kind of sign language. Bruh, bam, yeah. go. Right, you know, it's one of these. Don't need play action. Whatever. Don't yeah. need checks. I don't need to fool any of these dudes. None right. of them. I don't need to fool any of them. Look, y'all, right here. Who is the fastest? Okay, Daryl Green could be back here playing corner, back here playing safety right here. He ain't getting over there on an outside go route. No He's chance. Not. No chance. I don't care if he takes off at the snap. If Tyler Buckner catches it, gets to the top of his drop, and throws that ball deep, there's not a safety in America in the National Football League or in college football that is getting off this hash and getting out here to defend that go route if it's one, two, three, go. Not a And one. I will also say when they're in not press coverage one. like this, a stop route or a hitch or whatever, that's not the route you run against press coverage. Right. Well, they ran like some kind of like post stop, like right here. Oh, okay. Which again, gotcha. you're running him back into you're here. running him towards where everybody is. Right. So those are some of those things where we talk about training wheels, take them off. Yeah. Take them off. Let them go. So look, we can look at it one of two ways, right, folks? We can say, oh, this is bull crap. This is why you lost. Okay, sure. It is what it is. But these are the things that Tom Reese needs to look at the film and say, you know what? I got we this is the one we got to get to. This is the one we got to get to. Right. Because as we said last night, look, this football team is not out of anything yet. Now, we're not talking about playoff right now because this team's got a long way to go to get there offensively. But my point is, is these are things that are there that they need yeah. to take advantage of. Right. And that they need to adjust to and be prepared to say, hey, Tyler, we don't need to overthink this, buddy. Right. Let's just go get it. And and so now we we talk about coaching too, Vince. But the reality is, is there were some there were some mistakes last night from the player standpoint as well. And those are things to me that need to get need to get corrected and need to get figured out because to me, and and you know, you could say that's that's a coaching thing, but there was there was a lot of execution mistakes. We're gonna talk about the offensive line here in a minute, Vince, because I know you want to talk about the offensive line. <laughs> but here's a particular play. This is the end of a play where Notre Dame <clears throat> gets stopped on third down. I think it was a third and six here, Vince. This safety right here was covering Michael Mayer. Uh, yeah, this is early. Right here. Yeah. Let me get this pen working. I didn't know it could be out of ink when it's this kind of thing. <laughs> this guy was playing Michael Mayer man to man. He was playing off. Now he's yeah. coming downhill, not it's because third and seven. Third and right, seven. Not because he was coming downhill to snap. He's coming downhill because Michael Mayer stopped and turned Correct. the ball. Correct. Now I don't know if this was a Michael Mayer mistake or if he was taught to to go short. Don't know the answer to that. So I don't want to necessarily say. Michael Mayer screwed up. I don't know. There was a screw up, but it could have been a coaching thing. But my thing is, is this guy's man to man. So what Michael Mayer needed to do, the ball was at about the eight yard line. So he's right here. He needs to push this route vertically, push this route vertically, put and then stop. And boom. And then he work. He can work inside because if this guy tries to squeeze down, he still has room to work inside. Push right. that defender off the line, and then then you know quickly turn and you'll get a little bit more of a window actually i went a little too deep there he doesn't need to go that far it's just kind of here right, right there right past I'll the sticks two yards past the sticks 
bam, right there. Because the yeah. line of scrimmage is right here. Or the first down marker is right there. Or, you know, so it it's a little thing like that 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 to me needs to improve. There's things also that, you know, I thought Tyler Buckner had a solid first performance, but there are some things he's gonna have to learn as well. I'll get to this next play. You know, there was a couple reads that I didn't love from Tyler in the game that, it, it, again, it's it's getting the film room, show him where he messed up, show him where he needs to get better, and then it's up to him to get better. And here's a perfect example that we're going to go to right here. So on this particular play, you've got this guy is working out right here. Braden Lindsay's working a deep end cut. This is the ball. you got Jaden Thomas coming here, and Michael Mayer's running the clear out. This safety, this is the one that that, that – uh, he threw here into like it was like right. third and third down, and he threw there into extra coverage. Right, it was like triple coverage. It felt like yeah, correct, correct. Now here's here's the th- here's the mistake that I think Tyler made. Tyler found himself in a third and I think ten at the thirty five yard line, going in, and so here he's trying to force a ball because he's thinking we got to get to the sticks, we got to get the first down. Okay, Braden Lindsey's running his route past the first down marker. It's third and 10 at your own 35. A five to seven yard gain gets you in two down territory. Right. If not field goal territory, but most likely two down territory here. So you had Michael Mayer running to clear out. Jaden Thomas comes open here. Tyler needs to see this safety working out this way, and he's got to know that guy's going here. I got to come backside to my backside read. Now, here's the thing, Vince. You and I have seen him make that read and make that backside throw. Yes, I have. What we talked about last week is we now need to see him do it in a game. And last night, he he didn't get there. He stayed on his first couple reads a little too soon and didn't go to them. That's part of the learning experience that that Tyler's going to have to have now as the starter. And that's what comes with being a first-year starter. Those are the the mistakes that I anticipate, if I'm being honest. It it doesn't make it okay, but I do anticipate those kinds of mistakes. I do. And I also anticipate that they're going to get better as he sees right. it more and more and more. Right. And that's, part and I'm not of making it. an excuse so those, for him, but that's part no, of it. it. Yeah. It's a mistake. You're it's playing mistake. Ohio state. There's no, Oh, it's okay. I'm okay. There's right. no, I'm okay's with it. It's just that. Right. What it's more about is like, look guys, this is, this is a correctable thing, right? Like, here's what you need to figure out when you watch a game like last night. Is it okay? We're just not as good as we thought. If, I'm looking at it from a coach's standpoint. Uh, did we not coach well? Did we not prepare well? Did we not execute? Some of those answers can be troubling. Hey, we're not good enough. We just got our butt kicked here. We got our butt kicked there. When it's something where it's a, hey, we needed to do a better job coaching wise, that's a good thing in regard to it's correctable. If it comes down to this type of play where Tyler's got to see that this safety's working here and this safety's off the ball, and he's going to have that backside window opening up. Use your eyes to get that guy there and then come back to Jane Thomas. Because here's the right. thing. What we just said on the previous play is you got to run to the sticks. Not on this particular play. And the reason I was bringing up uh, five to seven yards is because you're in two down territory now. You don't need to get all 10 of those yards to move the chains. You can get back into a five to seven yard range. And now all of a sudden, if you're Notre Dame, you're either A in field goal range. If you can get down to about the 20, you know, like right now, if he just hits him right here and he gets tackled, it's at the 32-yard line. You're now in third and set, fourth and seven. So you either are going to attempt a 49-yard field goal or right. you go for it on third and seven, which is a fourth and seven, which is a lot more. Which is more manageable than what you're right? dealing. Yeah, exactly. Or Jaden <clears throat> catches it here, runs for two or three yards, gets tackled, and now you're in a 46 to 47-yard field goal range or you're in third and five or third and four. 
Yeah, because it was just five and fourth and four. Right. It was just third and 11. It was third and 11. I mean, then get half, get get a little bit more, and you're good. If you're back deeper, third and 11, you got to get to the sticks. But here, it's about field work. So why are we critical of of throwing the ball short of the sticks in the pass play than we are here? Because in the previous play, if you throw short of the sticks and you get tackled, it's a punt. Here, if you throw short of the sticks, it's still an opportunity for a fourth down play because you're now in two down territory. And those are some of the missed opportunities we saw last night, Vince. So, you know, you yeah. talk about uh, going short on, you know, that play, going short on Michael Mayer on, when you're backed up. That's a big field position thing, you know, sure. uh, missing uh, Braden or Tyler or, uh, excuse me, Lorenzo Styles on a deep ball, uh, missing, you know, uh, Matt Salerno pass interfering, which I still think was a very questionable call. Very uh, missing an opportunity with late Brayden Lindsay where he's open, but you're just not, you don't have time to get him the ball. So there were things like that that we saw last night that you say, I'm ticked. It's not okay, but it's correctable. You just got to figure out how to correct it. And that's going to be the key here over the next two weeks before you go play North Carolina. Look, their sure. name could play exactly how it played last night. If Notre Dame plays on all phases of the game the next two weeks, like they did last night, they're two and one going to play North Carolina. No question. But that's right. without any improvement anywhere. Right. They're absolutely two and one covering right. all spreads and everything else. Like that, it will right. not be an issue. Agreed. Right. So that's kind of when you look at it, Vince, that's, that's the part where I look at it and say, okay, that's where they've got to get to on offense. And then, the final part, Vince, and I know this is kind of where you wanted to get to. Yeah, offensive line, right? That's where yeah. we're going. I mean, and look, yeah. Uh, I want to say I want to I want to talk about offensive line and tight ends because yeah. the tight end blocking in this game was at times average and at times bad, and that's that's not a good thing. Not a good thing. No, absolutely. So and I let's go. I was, you know. The offensive line, in my opinion, and I think in Brian's opinion too, I don't want to speak for him, but that was an area that we were expecting vast improvement. I mean, vast improvement, Mm. right? And seeing it at practice, hearing the coaching, I mean, it was all pointing in that direction. And then in this game, look, the the Ohio State defensive line. It was improved. It it was was improved. improved, It was not last year. nearly enough. It was not last year. Okay, they played better last night than at any point last year. Okay, I I, I will say that, especially considering the competition that they were going up against. Okay, because that definitely had something to do with it. Okay, right. It's no, that ain't the standard Harry Heastan's going to be okay with. One hundred percent. And I and (laughs) you know it's it's not a it's not a fluke that the offensive line got better as the season went on last year and as the schedule got worse. Okay, so there is that as well that we do have to talk about. Okay. The offensive line last night, and I'll and I'll be kind of general about this because I don't think anybody stood out on the offensive line, uh, to be honest with you, and that includes the tight ends. They weren't driving through there. Now there were a couple times, <clears throat> like for example, on that touchdown drive, right? The goal line or the uh, the first and goal, they moved the Ohio State defensive line into the end zone. They did. They 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 reestablished the the line of scrimmage. There were times where they got pushed and they got movement on that drive. Yeah, on that first were, touchdown drive, not even just yes. on that first that, that first and ten goal line, but I mean they got to push that whole series. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They like I, as I was watching yes. that, yes, as I was watching, it's like okay, well maybe the offensive line wasn't as bad as I thought. 
and then I watched the rest of the well, game. Well, what obviously. we thought live was, okay, this is going to be the drive yes. that gets him going. And and you stick with it and all, you know, all and and it didn't. But mm-hmm. it was and it, I'm not blaming the fact that Jarrett Patterson wasn't in the game. I'm not prepared right now if I'm Notre Dame the Notre Dame coaching staff to just start replacing everybody because I don't think that's the answer either because nobody are, are you going to we're going to get a brand new five. Like, is that the plan? Like all five guys are fired after one game. We're going to put five new mm-hmm. guys in guys. That's not how you operate a football team. Okay. Right. It's just not. So I want to put that to bed right Z- now. I'm not asking for anybody to be replaced. Carell, for example, Z Carell's. Yeah. Because Z Carell's the guy that Z Carell and Josh Lug are the whipping boys right now. Right. And, and based on the right. play last night, I get it. In the last time we saw mm-hmm. Z Carell, he wasn't playing well. I, I get it. But he won the starting job over the course of an entire spring Correct. summer and fall and Correct. so my thing with josh with them is mm-hmm. I, I will say this vince they better they better fix it quickly that's the thing with those two guys is they they, they can't afford a lot more of this you know what Agreed. i'm saying like so yeah guys aren't getting replaced against marshall i don't think well here's the decision they have to play is who do you replace patterson with lug or Carell or christophic that's a decision I think they have to make. Somebody's getting replaced when Jarrett Patterson comes back. What's the lineup that 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 makes that work? I don't have an answer to that. Okay, but but the point is is that you don't overreact based on all spring, all fall, or all summer, and then fall camp after one game. But I'm also not going to have a very long leash on them either because there's there's too many other guys that I that I think could maybe help you. That. I'm just I'm not going to put up with that for too long at this point in time. And I get that, but I'm not making a rash decision after one game. Right, hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. And and look, <clears throat> that's great. Can I pull this up? Yes, I was getting ready to do that. Actually, <laughs> I was getting ready to click on it when you clicked on it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And yes. and look, I I love the fact that everybody loves Rocco Spindler. Yeah. I I love that. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. But he's clearly right now on the depth chart fourth guard otherwise he would have started last night so is that the answer i don't know maybe but you can't be you i'm sorry you just can't make rash decisions like that okay right but anyway let's land the plane about about the the offensive line last night yes so they they as a whole they did not play well there were mistakes Mm -hmm. that fisher made there were mistakes that alt made there were mistakes that all three guys on the interior made they weren't finishing blocks they weren't communicating very well which is their feet surprising to me yeah, the communication Stop and the stopping into the feet were really disturbing to me because that is the fundamental stuff that we've I physically heard Harry Heestan yelling at these guys about. Okay. That's what is just maddening to me about the whole thing. Okay. They have to get better. They have to get better. I have again, we've been trumpeting the praises of Harry Heestan. He's got the track record to prove that and to warrant that, and I'm fine with it. But he's got his work cut out for him. Now, he's got two get-right games to get there. Let's go. But this offensive line has to get better. They have to get better. Have to. Yeah. No question. The things I – so I thought they played hard, but they didn't play fundamentally well. And so the thing that we asked this offseason was how quickly can this line get rolling? Will it be the opener? Will it be game four? Will it be the end of the year? We didn't know the answer to that. 
what we learned last night, one thing I said before the game too, is this is a this is a measuring stick game for Notre Dame, and it was very true for the offensive line because they reverted back to a lot of bad habits that you have seen, that I have seen video of from fall camp that you guys have sent me from the time your times of practice where, and we saw in the spring game, this is not the way they played in the spring game. Right. Where they were coming off, like there was a play where Josh Lug comes off, he's got a really nice base, he strikes a guy, and then he just stops his feet right in the hole. Big old wide feet right in the hole. There's a play where Andrew Kristoffic is pulling around and he's got a linebacker in his sights and he just stops his feet and catches the guy. Yeah. I know that's not what Harry Heestand teaches. I know he so doesn't. Now it's going to be up to him to say, okay, how do you then get him to go to take this stuff from practice to games? Well, number one is just play more games, right? Because practice, you can never completely replicate games in practice and then number two is is accountability Vince to your point I'm not making rash rash changes now but how you react to how you played last night is going to be something that is going to cause me no question to make some changes and and that's in the film room and the practice session are you sulking in practice do you step out next week in the against Marshall and kind of take it out on Marshall a little bit those things you need to see because there was way too much way too much not catching they weren't catching last night Vince they were hitting and stopping mm-hmm. that was that was the thing is like it wasn't they were, like the coming they off were firing guys, off they I felt like they fired degree, off to a degree they stopped better than last year not mm-hmm. where they need to right. be yes right okay but so it wasn't no no we're on the same page yeah. I'm just trying to clarify so people understand they weren't catching like like last year they would just kind of come up take a lateral step and then catch they were stepping to the lineman, hitting them, and then stopping. And the Ohio State's kids were too big and too talented to do that with and then win. The other thing is those Ohio State kids were using their hands well to get off blocks. And once you stop your feet, if a kid knows how to use his hands at all, you're going to get beat. And so we saw a lot of that last night. And that that had to be driving Harry Heastan nuts. Because here's the thing, Vince. Once you stop your feet as an offensive lineman, odds are you're not athletic enough to get then start them again. Correct. Once they stop, they stop. And so those are areas where they're going to have to get better, right? How quickly can they get better? I thought at times in the past pro, uh, they got their hands too wide. Blake Fisher and Joe Walt, they got their hands too wide and they let the Ohio State kids get into their chest. And that's when you lose that. And that's where where you lose leverage. Because if they get into your chest, you're going to get stood up and you're going to to lose that. And that's that's not good. Here's the reality. The next several opponents don't have defensive ends as big as Jack Sawyer and JT and Zach Harrison, guys like that, to take advantage of it. But you know who does? Clemson. So you got seven games to get that figured out. Well, two, three games before you got to go play BYU, who will give you a test. But then really seven games before your next huge test. Because if Notre Dame beats BYU, it's, well, you're supposed to be BYU. You're Notre Dame. Right. But Clemson's that next big test that can present. Because here's the thing, Vince. Marshall can't present the same physical challenges to Notre Dame that Ohio State did. Absolutely. So you could go out there and just dominate them and you don't necessarily know, Okay, did they fix it or are they just overwhelming and inferior? Right. Right. That's the question that we need to find out. Right. And so but you can start to see, Okay, is the hand placement getting tighter or is the feet moving like those are positive signs. And those are things we can watch. Let's see you do it. Let's see you do it when that. But if you're not doing it going into Clemson for several games and you're not going to do it all of a sudden when you play Clemson on November 5th. Right. Right. So those are the things they got to fix. Communication, Vince, you said it earlier and I and I jumped on a comment Mm. uh, and you didn't get to finish it. So that's on me because it's a really good point. The communication last night from the offensive line seemed to be lacking. Yeah. 
It was lacking. And it wasn't I mean, just them. It was the, it was other groups as well, but I'm sorry. I'm yeah, but no, again. but <laughs> offensive. Sorry, yeah, man. But, no, no, no. But offensive line wise, if I have anything when it comes to an offensive line, anything, I need communication. So if I'm coaching an offensive line, the first thing we're going to get down is how to communicate with each other and how to, you know, work as one, right? I can get a lot accomplished with some lesser talented guys if they communicate and they're in the right place. Because what is the, what is the job of an offensive lineman? It's to get in the damn way, okay? That's yeah. all you got to do. And if they could have done ferocity. that. Of, of with course. some ferocity. Of course. Right. Of course. But you at least need to know where the, the, the stuff is coming. You have to know where the pressures are coming. You have to know. You have to be able to communicate with each other. And not necessarily just by words. But you have you have to know what's going on. You have to understand if you're on a double team and you've got one hand on your buddy and you got one hand on the guy that you're double teaming, you know, you give him a pat and you're off to the next level. And he understands that, okay, now I've got to take this over and it's mine, right? There are certain things that you have to be able to do. And I just didn't see it last night the way that I anticipated seeing it. Now, is that something they can get better at? Absolutely. But the communication was lacking. And it was yeah. it was very disappointing to me because I thought that that would be the first thing that would have looked a ton better than it has. Yeah, uh, agree. Grant over. Agree. <laughs> no, and the same thing was true at the tight end level. I mean, I was yeah. really disappointed with the consistency of the tight end blocking. I mean, and it was the same thing. Like, there was a play where I think it was Bauman, and Mayer wasn't good blocking last night at all. There was a play where, where Bauman, they were, it was actually, it was that, it was, it looked like some kind of wrap out of the end zone. And Mayor, or I think it was Bauman, kind of runs around and he like runs past two linebackers. Like he was looking outside instead of getting his eyes on the linebackers for looking for that guy that is going to cross and he's going to have to pick up. And so there were plays where, you know, if you can just make one guy miss as a running back, you got your shot. Because sometimes the team's going to outnumber you, whether it's sure. pre snap or post snap. What was happening last night, Vince, was there was a play where. You know, schematically, it was it was I think it was the same play I'm talking about. It was a first half wrap out. I think it was first quarter. It was a wrap out of the end zone. Might have been second or third series. Wrap play meaning a guy's kind of coming around. It was it, it wasn't really a counter play because there was only one puller. That's why I think it was it looked like a, a like a a wrap play with the with the tight end coming around. But they're down blocking. Blake Fisher takes kind of a bad angle. The defensive end beats him upfield. Kevin Bauman runs by two guys, and all of a sudden there's three guys right on Audric Estime. And it's kind of like if Blake Fisher does his job and Kevin Bauman does his job, then Aldrich's just got to make one guy miss. Right. And he's picking up a first down. Right. Right. But when you're having to make two, three guys miss, and then you're making a miss at behind the line of scrimmage, because the other thing is because Blake Fisher missed his guy, Aldrich had to make that guy try to miss immediately. He right. never got a chance to build up steam to then run over the next guy. Like there was a play where Tyler Buckner was able to kind of get downhill on the touchdown drive. And Corey's Cody Simon steps in the hole. So Buckner just puts his shoulder down and runs him over and pushes him forward for three yards. Well, if Tyler Buckner can do that, what's Audric Estime yeah. going to do? Right. That was a tough run by Tyler. It's like, you it was, know, he's, you like, know, he's going to juke and he was like, screw it. I'm going to run you over. And yeah. he ran him over. And the best and, part about that was it was one guy between him and the end zone. Right. And it was a great read by, by Tyler. It yeah. was the right, it was right to keep it. Right. That, it and Cody right Simon move. did a good job of reading it. And he did yeah. a good job of reading it. The best part, I was just waiting and I know that this has nothing to do with film review, but I, I'm getting on my little soapbox. The announcers were hilarious to me on that because it was all about what a great play it was by the defense 
And they didn't even mention the fact that the kid got run over by a quarterback. Right. Like that was, right. that's what I took right. out of it is that my, my coach in high school always used to say, you're either the hammer or you're the nail. Uh, Tyler Buckner right. was the hammer on that one. He picked up right. three yards because he's a man and it was awesome. And I love to see that from my quarterback running the ball when he's supposed to run right. the ball, right? There's time to slide right. and all that, but that was awesome. Loved every second of that. Vince, last thing for me offensively is there was a lot of sloppiness <laughs> last night too. Like little things like, for example, Braden Lindsay does the right thing of telling Lorenzo Styles to get lined up correctly, which first of all, Lorenzo stinking get lined up correctly. But then Braden tells him to move, and then he takes off running before Lorenzo gets set because he was rushed because the ball was getting snapped. There was a play where they sent a, they sent a back on a jet motion at the snap of the ball, then Lorenzo Styles took off running, and he almost ran into the back. Do you remember a play I'm talking about? It was like an inside mm-hmm. zone. It was the weirdest looking play. Yeah. But it, there was like two guys. There was like three guys over there. One of the I think it was either Lindsey or a back goes in jet motion pre snap. And then at the snap, Lorenzo's in the slot, and he takes off like he's now running a jet post-snap, and he runs right into Audric Estime. And there's just a lot of sloppiness last night. And, yeah. and I'm not a big fan of sloppiness in the opener because you've had Agreed. all fall camp to, to get ready. You knew you're running this stuff. You've had two extra weeks to prepare for this. That was problematic for me. I thought that the Notre Dame team last night played hard. I thought they were emotionally ready to play this game. I agree. They were not phased by Ohio State's, the the noise, the number of fans, Ohio State's ranking, none of that stuff. They weren't phased by any of that stuff. They yeah. just didn't execute. And that was and, a hostile it, environment. I mean, right. that, that was as hostile as it gets when it comes to right. an environment. Because what I have we always said? What was one of the concerns we had, Vince? They didn't come ready to play. Right. It was a business trip. They weren't mentally ready to play. Right. Right. They were mentally, they were physically and emotionally ready to play last night. They they weren't mentally ready to play from an execution standpoint offensively. Defensively, they were. And so that's another reason, Vince, where I look at this and say, I, I'm not happy about last night. But as a coach, yeah. I'm like, you know what? We're going to be all right because this stuff is fixable. But now it's up to the coaches to fix it. So let's just talk a little bit about the defense, Vince. And we got a couple Please. of super chats that we're going we're gonna to get here Um uh, defensively went back and watched that play Vince let's talk a little bit about that uh yes, about the, the defense we'll get, that, we'll get to that pass later because I'm gonna okay. find the clip here for you gotcha uh, but let's, I, that, uh, let's, we need to talk about that we need to. yeah so overall what are some things as we watch the defense that we that we saw last night this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done. Obviously, and I said this in the open, I was very impressed with the secondary last night as we were, you know, stuck in the parking garage and we were talking and, you know, all of these different things. And then, you know, in the five hour drive home and we're talking and secondary and we talked, you know, specifics about Benjamin Morrison and Clarence Lewis and, and, and uh, Brandon Joseph and, you know, whoever the safety was across from Brandon Joseph at times. Right. I was impressed with the secondary then. Then I watched the film. And I was even more impressed with the secondary 
I felt like Stroud had no idea. He was confused an awful lot. They tried to go deep an awful lot, and they couldn't do it because it was covered. Plain and simple. It was covered downfield. I thought the secondary played tough. I thought, now, their tackling could be better from some of the safeties. There was a couple of missed tackles from the safeties. Okay. Um, That's an issue that needs to get cleaned up. No question about it. But the secondary as a whole, I thought, played excellent. Now, look, my guy Cam Hart, he did not play well at the beginning. He didn't. He tried to jump that route, and it ended up being a touchdown. That's not good. You can't do that, right? Especially if you don't have safety help. If you have safety help, then okay. I guess I don't really have a problem with that. But the safety on his side was Brandon Joseph, and he was actually up playing at linebacker depth on that particular play. And so he was in front. That's his job to get in front of that, and it's Cam Hart's job to stay behind it. Cam got greedy and he went after it. I also don't like the, you know, the pass interference by Cam where he got beat. That's an ex- started, that was an execution thing, right? He started tugging. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's not okay. After that, I thought he settled in great, right? I thought Clarence Lewis had a pretty darn good game. I thought Tariq Bracey played out of his mind. I thought he played really, really, really well. Secondary. Oh, he was excellent. I, I, I was very impressed. With with Tariq, and that, that's his his uh, his coverage skills and his tackling, all of it. I thought he played exceptionally well. That's the secondary, right? The defensive line. Howard Cross had a pretty good game, you know. At times, I thought the defensive line as a whole, they got some push, but not enough. They were not as disruptive as I was hoping yeah. they would be. And of course, Isaiah Foskey was a no show, and that's not good. You know, the only time I heard Isaiah's name mentioned was the penalty uh, after the extra point. That's not okay. That's not good. So they need he needs to step up. The defensive line as a whole, I think, needs to step up. Linebackers, okay? I didn't think the linebackers played poorly. I thought that they took on blocks a little bit too much, right? Now, I want them stepping in. I want them getting their nose in there. I want them fitting. But don't stay on the block. You've got to be able to get off blocks. And I thought at times they weren't able to get off blocks. And that was a bit of a mm-hmm. problem. Okay. A few times it was because of holds, but that can't be the excuse for but all That can't the time. be the excuse. Right. And right. there was a couple times they didn't set the edge, uh, which right. which was. Which and sometimes not- I've always felt with a linebacker, if you get held as a linebacker, that's, just, that's partly on you. Right. Could not agree. You got to get small. You, you got to get. Don't let that guy get on your hand. Don't let him get on his hands on you like that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You can't square up like that. That's that's not okay. Uh, so you know, obviously, as a whole, I think the defense played pretty darn good. They held Ohio State to twenty-one points. Okay. Right. Now, a lot of that has to do with the scheme and the play calling of Al Golden. I give him an A plus, an A A plus for what he was able to do. You know, first time calling plays in seventeen years or whatever it is. I, I thought he, I thought he did a fantastic job. Okay, and I know everybody's going to say, well, what about that third down touchdown? We're going to talk about that, okay? I thought he did a great job, and I thought the players, for the most part, executed what he wanted to do. And I will also say, I don't anticipate the defensive line playing like they did last night for the rest of the season. I I anticipate them getting better. I think this is a one-off, right? I think this is a one-off, and I will say that if the secondary, and you said this in the car, I'm going to give you credit for this. You said it in the car about the secondary. If they play... The way they played last night, the rest of the way, Notre Dame's not getting beat the rest of the season. They're not. No. No. Because there's nobody else on the schedule like Ohio State. 
And that's the right. other thing we got to remember about this game last night is like, what was the, what was the question that you asked me in the card today? You know, we were talking about, you know, look, you, 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 for all the stuff that I'm ticked about, you lost to the number two, you know, the number two team in the country. And your question right. was, but I really the number two team in the country. And I said, well, no, but I said that going in, I still right. believe Georgia should be number one. I said this before they killed Oregon. Cause I'm a believer right. the champ. You're still the champ till somebody beat you. And they weren't just replacing those guys with a bunch of bums. And I felt Bam was number two. I say it should be three. So no, they shouldn't be number two. They should be number three. Point is, there's still three teams to me. There's still three teams to me that are better than everybody else, including Notre Dame, because Notre Dame proved last night they don't have the ability on both sides of the ball right now to play with those teams right now. Absolutely. And and we saw that firsthand last night. You could not have played. Well, actually, you know what's funny is they could have played better. You had two blown coverages that resulted in touchdowns. That's the other thing, is two blown coverages. Now I do want to talk about that play. I have a little bit of a different opinion of that play, Vince. After I watched it, the, no, 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 the, the Jaden uh, Mickey one, okay. the double sa- yeah. the safety pressure. Okay, I have a little bit of a different view of that play now, and I'm and I'm and I'm actually watching it now here. Um, I'm watching the all twenty-two right now, and give me a second. It's no place. I got a, I got a buddy of mine that always waits till I'm recording a show to call. <laughs> um, I told you I'd call you back. So I'm watching the play, Vince, and I'm not sure that it was, in fact, a a blown coverage schematically. Okay. I think it was a bad play by Jaden Mickey. And and so what happened was is is I'm going to pull the play up. I'm going to show it here real quick. So let's let's take a peek at this, Vince. And you okay. tell me if you agree. Okay. And and, and so here here's here's basically kind of what happened. So. This safety right here, mm-hmm. this is the hilarious thing. Like it won't rent, like it's out of ink. These two safeties both came. Yep. Now, you have this guy back. This there, so no, no room's basically playing. It looked like they were playing man yep. here, and then yep. man here, and this guy would go man free if nobody's here. But since there is a number two to his side, it's basically man. And so then what they did was is they did a zone fire here. Let me see which guy dropped one of these. One of the one of the defensive linemen or linebackers dropped. This guy right here, right here, dropped. So he took okay. two steps forward and then dropped underneath. That, is so that, to uh, me, he, is that J, I think it was J.D. Bertrand. I yeah, think okay. it was him or Kaiser. I couldn't really tell. Okay. Uh, and then so what happens here is, is he is actually – Jaden is actually protecting. You can see it here. His inside foot is inside he the is. hash. Yep. He's inside. This guy's leverage. here. Yep. He, was, he was trying to take away the inside – with his leverage mm-hmm. the guy smoked him I'm, I'm i'm watching it now the this the the, the the receiver came off the line Jaden sunk inside turned his hips inside the guy barely made an inside move and then Jaden just took off outside i i, I don't oh, really? i don't know why. it wasn't even like he ran to the wide he just he actually turned open up to the sideline so as he was as he was pedaling as Jaden was pedaling this way, he actually turned his hips this his, his shoulders that way, and then the guy just beat him inside. So when he we saw underneath. him kind of, he got underneath when we him. saw him chasing, he was chasing because he had to spin out in return, right? Not right. because he thought he had inside help. And this wow. is why we do upon further review, yep, yep, because it gives us a chance to go back and watch the play, study it. Now, what I don't like about it is I still don't love safeties coming. From that either. depth, I don't either. I would not, I, especially. Yeah. Go ahead, Vince. I, I was just gonna say, I, I 
knowing the situation, right? They stopped the game to get Ty- to get Tariq Bracey out of the game. Correct. Everybody in the stadium knew that Tariq Bracey was coming out. Well, let me and say so this. Before you go there, I what I'm saying is I don't like this call even if Tariq Bracey's in the game. Okay. I don't like a double safety fire from this kind of depth unless you're going to tell me we weren't anticipating the ball being snapped that soon, which, again, is inexcusable. I would rather you give it away than to go, be late on this particular snap, meaning I want to see you down here too soon right. as opposed to late. Because they were too late and because, it made no difference whatsoever. Correct. Yeah. So to me, um, this is, again, this is why we do a bond further review because yep. we are going to say, hey, look, we were incorrect on this sometimes. And on this particular play, it was so poorly executed that it, it looked like it had to be a blown coverage. The problem I have, Vince, is you can't have that kind of poor execution coming out of a flipping timeout. Correct. Number one, I don't Correct. love the call. And number two, this is what you were going to say, Vince. Now explain why you don't like it from a situational. I wanted to just explain yeah, schematically. Yeah. I don't love this fire. You know, you got these kinds of got these two guys here. You got man here. Okay. I don't love this call. You got a zone drop here. I don't love this call, period. Right. Okay. When it's coming from that depth. So it perhaps it was poorly executed. That's an option. And it was it was third and eleven as well. Right. You got to put that perhaps out there. Perhaps right? it was poorly executed. Perhaps it was. Uh, but I don't like it in that regard. And I especially don't like events when you consider the circumstances that you are about to explain. So I'll let you yes. go ahead and do that. So the circumstances were you're losing arguably, probably not even an arguable situation, your best defensive back on the night, okay? Or at least your best corner. Okay? It's at least arguable for, for okay. sure. But yeah, by so he's far out. your best guy in the slot, by right. far. So he's out. You're replacing him with a true freshman, okay? Even if I'm thinking to myself, man, this is the situation I've been waiting for to call a double safety fire. I, I this is this is prime. I've seen it work in the past. Like this is what man, I've been licking my chops for this exact opportunity, right? But wait, I've got a true freshman on the slot. Probably having him go one on one with no safety help. That's probably not a great idea. Yeah. I better leave one of the safeties back in center field just to be safe. On this particular place, third and 11, this could be a turning point, you know, all of these different things. You don't even have to think it was a turning point. It's third and 11. Get them off the field. It was, it was 10 to seven at the time. Yeah. Right. It was 10 to seven. If they, this is the first drive they had put together in forever. Right. If they miss on this. Okay. It's fourth and 11 from the 24, which is a 41 yard field goal. They missed a 39 yard field goal earlier. Now I don't think Ruggles is missing another one. That dude missed one kick all of last year. But the point is, at worst case scenario, they tie it up. Exactly. They don't take a lead. It just completely shifts, you know, another direction, right? I'm at least leaving one safety. And that's a situational problem that I have. If that was the call and everything you're saying is accurate, I have a huge problem with that in that one moment. I thought the rest of the game plan was really, really, really good from a play calling standpoint. I have a huge problem with this play right here. Huge yeah. problem. And Brandon Joseph ran right into the zone fire too, which slowed him down. Because there was nobody to block for him. By the time he got away for around JD Bertrand, he uh, actually I'm looking at the tight copy now. It was J, it was uh, it was JD Bertrand. Okay. By the time he did that, the guard was able to come over and, and get a body on him, and then that's how Jaden got beat. So, 
you know, and that's why, you know, this, this conversation, this comment from Sid, play the youth, I'll take talent over experience to a degree Sid, I'm with you. I, I am, I'm with you. And there's certain instances where I'm going to make that statement right now. But at the, at the same time, it's like, but you also have to understand this is the risk that you run. Do you right. want to get a guy beat because he made a mistake because he's young? Or do you want to have a guy beat because he's simply not good enough? Either right. way, got beat for a touchdown. Right. Right. So there's got to be some sort of juggling there based on, you know, how, how poor is the performance? Am I playing Jaden Mickey over Tariq Bracey? No, because Tariq Bracey is the better player right now. Am I going to try to get Jaden in the game a little bit more? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Right. But like offensively, I like Matt Salerno, but it, I'm sorry. If you're, you're, you're Notre Dame. So this is what we said about Brian Kelly last year. Right. And we, what I have always said is, my personal feelings about Brian Kelly are not going to, and my personal feelings about Marcus Freeman, meaning I don't like one and I like the other personally doesn't have anything to do with what the standard is for the head football coach in Notre Dame and the head football coach for the, for Brian Kelly is if he was back this year, he'd be in year 13 and there'd be no excuse for him to not be competing for a championship. Just because Marcus Freeman is in year one doesn't mean that he shouldn't be expected to compete for a championship because you inherited an 11 and two football team. Okay. And so my point is you're still playing for, and I'm not saying Marcus Freeman is saying he doesn't want to play for a championship. I'm making this point. And my point is this Vince is that you need to be going out there thinking of every move that we are making from this point on is geared towards competing for a championship. Sure. Every single one. And right now, if you talk about what is going to give us as a team, if you're looking at it from a coaching standpoint, the best opportunity to go out and beat Marshall, maybe it is Matt Salerno because he knows the offense. I can run a million different plays. I can run this really cool concept where I motion him down and I run him on a backside wheel route and all this kind of stuff. And schematically, it right. looks phenomenal. It looks great. Right. It looks right. Great. It looks great. But at this point in time, Vince, I don't care about that. I care about how do I get the best players in the football field? And right now, Tobias Merriweather is your most physically gifted wide receiver. And this, to me, is a moment that we've seen Notre Dame face before. And I remember in 2011, Notre Dame was in a situation where they're playing Michigan and Denard Robinson, and they blew a 24-7 fourth quarter lead. As Denard Robinson is running all over the field, Notre Dame has no answers for Denard. And you get to it, and it's just like, wait a minute, why was Aaron Lynch on the bench almost the entire game? Sure. Uh, why was Stefan Tuitt on the bench almost the entire game? And the explanation was it was about youth. And to Brian Kelly's credit, he went over to the other side of the ball and said, that ain't happening again. Aaron's playing and Stefan's playing. Okay. And it's one of the few times in his tenure that he at, he was adamant that you better get the freshman on the field. And, and Aaron went out and had a great year. And Stefan had – a pretty good season that year, uh, but Vince, when it when it came down to it, that's the decision Marcus Freeman has to make at certain spots. Hey Agreed. Tommy, we love Matt Salerno. I'm not saying Matt Salerno can't play; he can. He needs to be part of the rotation. But the fact of the matter is, figure out a way to get 15 on the game. Well, coach doesn't know the whole offense. I don't give a crap. I don't care. He knows four plays. Then you put him in and you let him run those four plays. Because here's the thing. On that play that we're talking about with Braden Lindsay, right? I wonder if I if I still have that up. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. So I still have that play up, right? Here's the thing. I'm I'm gonna find this right now. So I'm I'm gonna hammer home this point. We're we're doing we're doing film sessions, right, Vince? So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull yeah, this buddy. up and we're gonna do it with a film session. All right, we're gonna we're gonna pull it up and say, hey, 
This is exactly what I'm talking about. So just give me one second. All right. This play right here. Let me show you. Let me show you all something. This one right here. I don't need him to know but one route. Hmm. I don't need him to know but one route. He's six four. He's six foot. He's really talented. He's really talented. I don't care about all that. I like six four versus six foot. And I like the fact that I'm putting my most talented player on the field right there. I would reduce the splits a little bit to give him a little bit more room to work. More room I'm to be outside. I'm putting my 6'4 yeah. stud freshman right there, and I don't care if he doesn't know the offense because he's got one freaking job. Beat that guy. Beat him right there. That's it. I don't need you to know 87 route combinations or checks or whatever else. Beat that guy right there. Beat him. Okay, I mean, it's as simple as that, Vince. You don't like that? You know, you you want another example? Okay, fine. Let's give you another example. It, it again, I, we can do this kind of all day, right? Here's another example. Let me pull this up here real quick. This is the kind of stuff where it's like, look, at some point in time, at some point in time, guys, it comes down to you got to put your best dudes on the field. Here's another one, right? Here you go. This play right here, I don't need him to know. Actually, it's the wrong version of it. Let me get you the tighter version. I was going to say it. that's the that, yeah. that's the version that gets you in trouble I mean, right there. No, that's all good. That's not that's not the version that gets me in trouble. See why you got to start stuff, man. You're always trying to start stuff. Here we go. Here we go. I'm just saying we can't show video. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a video. Oh, I um, thought it was a video. It was still a screenshot, but it was a different. Oh, gotcha. it, was, it wasn't the angle that I got. Here's another one. Play. Right here. It's about yeah. as a mono as a, I need him to know three routes, right? I need him to know, and they're all built on the same thing. I need him to know how to run a go route. 6'4 versus 6'1. I need him to know that. And if this guy opens up and bails, you got to stop. Okay, cool. Should be simple. Okay, I I could teach my Division three freshman receivers to do that. I know that Tobias knows how to do that. And the other one, I need him to know how to run a slant. That's it. That's it. I don't even do anything else because if I know I'm playing a team like Ohio State and they're giving me cover zero, then or cover one, and I got this guy on the far flipping hash, I don't need Tobias to know my entire offense or my entire route package or anything else. You know what I need Tobias to do? See that dude in front of you? Go beat him. And with all due respect to Matt Salerno, he's not doing that. And if you don't trust Lorenzo and Braden to do it, then put Tobias in there to do it. Or here's a thought, trust all three of them to do it. And so to me, Vince, that's what it kind of comes down to. I think Tommy Reese is a wicked smart dude. I do. I think sometimes really smart guys need to understand that sometimes it's just about, I got to put this dude out there and let him be a dude, right? And he doesn't need to know everything. He doesn't need to know the whole route package. He doesn't even know the whole offense. I'm going to get him good. And this is the conversation that Marcus Freeman needs to have with himself. Because I think this is partly on Marcus Freeman too. It's don't make mistakes, don't make mistakes, don't make mistakes. Well, when you tell your offensive staff, don't make mistakes, don't make mistakes, don't make mistakes, they're going to be a little less hesitant, a little less kind of prone to put a freshman out there because he may make a mistake. Hey, look, guys, no, I I don't want mistakes. But at the same time, we still need to figure this out. Well, coach, he doesn't know this. I don't I don't care. And I'm not saying Tommy would make that excuse. I'm just I'm just kind of making a, 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 a general of how these conversations go. 
You sit down and you say, 15's got to play. Chancey, Tommy, figure it out. Well, when do you want him in there? Against Marshall, when? I don't care. First series, put him in and throw him a bomb. Don't care. Right. You know what I mean? Second series, put him in, throw him a bomb. Don't care. Get him in the game. Get him some opportunities. Because when we go play BYU, we're going to need him. And when we go play Clemson in November, we're definitely going to need him. And if we handle our business the way we need to, looking at it from Coach Freeman's standpoint, when we get into December and it's college football playoff time, we're definitely going to need him then. And we're going to need Braden. And we're need Lorenzo. So those are your three most talented kids. Figure it out. Show faith in them. Take the training wheels off. Let them go play. You got through Ohio State. You didn't get it done. Now it's time to let these kids go play. Let Tyler Buckner learn through mistakes. Okay? like And that's something that Coach Freeman said. You know, best thing about that. Well, best thing is he didn't turn it over. Well, he didn't turn it over, but he also didn't take enough chances. Right. Enough. He took some. He didn't take right. enough chances or didn't have enough time to make take enough chances. So you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. And so we saw that on defense. Mike Mickens showed faith last night in Benjamin Morrison, and he got rewarded for it because he played great. And that's what they need to do. And so that's the big thing for me is there's no excuse to have your most talented players standing on the sidelines simply because they don't know all of it. Now, if there's a situation where somebody got in trouble or somebody was injured or something like that that we don't know about, cool. Right. Okay. All, all good. Uh, you know, and, and, and we have to leave open the possibility that something like that is true. Um, I don't know that that, I don't believe that's the case. I haven't heard anything like that last night about that. So for me, that's where I'm at, man. That's where I'm at. I need to see them say, Hey, look guys, we got we got some time here where we're gonna we're gonna be the most talented football team on the field, top to bottom for a little bit. We got seven games to figure it out. Mick's got Benjamin Morrison ready to go. Hey, uh, hey, Coach Golden, great job last night. Great job last night. You and James you need to figure out a way to get forty four on the field. Got to, got to figure out a way to get forty four on the field. Right? No, no disrespect to twenty seven. No disrespect to fifty two. 44 is too good not to play. Simple as that, right? I'm not saying he's got to start, but you got to figure out a way to get him on the field, right? Because I'm looking at it last night, Vince, and I see a grand total of zero offensive snaps for Junior last night. Got to, got to change. Got to change. Hey, hey, coach, right, D-line, y'all don't want to make more plays? Okay, then figure out a way to get 98 on the field. Figure out a way to get 40 coming off the edge, right? Figure it out. Hey, Chancey, Tommy, 15's got to play, man. And number 25 needs the freaking ball more. Yes. Right? Get 25 yes. the ball more. Hey, number four is pretty freaking good. There's no excuse for you to have only thrown one more pass after he went for 54 in the first play of the game. That's on us. That's on us. Okay? And that's what I want to see. And that's what the account – see, accountability has got to start at the top. And and I, I, think that, I think that Tommy is that kind of guy. I do. I think that Coach Freeman's that kind of guy. Now they got to they got to show they got to show that that confidence is warranted, right? And and that's what I want to see. Say, look, we didn't we didn't put our guys in position to make enough plays, and the 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 other mistakes again. That's coaching. If my receivers aren't running good routes or getting stupid penalties, guess whose fault that is? Mine, right? That's a coaching thing too. And now it's up to the players sure. to hold each other accountable as well. And say, hey, look, guys, this isn't okay. 
Like you shouldn't need Harry Heastand to rip you in film tomorrow to know we weren't good enough. We didn't right. play hard. We weren't physical enough. We weren't, you know, we didn't finish. We didn't do the things we know we were taught. We don't need Coach Eastand to rip us. Now he's still going to, but you're going to take that ripping better when you know it, it when you know that it's the thing. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I where I am. And so we we got in the film room, but that's sort of my we're t- it's not technically an upon further review thing from a schematic standpoint, but it is an upon further review thing from looking back and saying things. That, so so execute better, be more aggressive with your play calling, adjust a little quicker. Again, we yeah. showed there were adjustments last night. We 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 saw a little less twelve personnel in the second half. We are spreading the field out a little bit more to try to get them out. That's an adjustment. It was, but you didn't execute then. You weren't protecting. You were missing with a couple throws. Had a couple reads that weren't quite there yet. So the whole he didn't adjust thing. That's out the window. They did. Now they didn't adjust enough because they adjusted with plays, but they didn't adjust the protections. But there were adjustments needed to be made. Now you need to get better at that, right? Make sure you're cleaning those things up. Right. You got to look at your personnel a little bit. Some dudes need to be put on notice. Hey Zeke, man, you earned a starting job, but. You know, just because you got it now doesn't mean you got to move forward. I need you to play better. Zeke Carroll is too good, and we've seen flashes of him being yes. too good to play like he played last night. Agreed. And you can't keep putting him out there because of potential. So, Zeke, buddy, I love you. I think you can be a great player when you want to be. It's time to go out there and do it, right? And and it's the same thing all across the board because, fellas, our, our objective, looking at it from Coach Freeman's standpoint, is to win a championship. And me – on down to my staff and on to the players. That's the goal. And we can't afford another night like, like night like last night because, fellas, because we lost last night, again, I'm trying to look at it from the coach's standpoint, not like we, like I think I'm part of the team because I'm not, right? <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to look at it like saying, like, this is what they need to be saying. To this is what you would say if you were the coach, yeah. If I was in their shoes, correct, is we're now in single elimination. We can't afford that anymore. Now you got to be able to careful not to put too much pressure on them. But look, here, here's where we're at. This is the bed we made. We got to lay in it. We got to make the most of it, and we're gonna make it real nice. And we're gonna do that by being aggressive. If we're gonna go down from the rest of the year, this needs to be the mantra: go down swinging. Absolutely. And that's what I didn't like about last night. They didn't Correct. go down swinging on both sides of the ball, especially on offense. Like you know that double fire. I, I was a bad call. But you know what? It was an aggressive call. Now you got to clean it up. You got to coach it better. You got to maybe call it at a different time. You know, maybe if Tariq Bracy, if Tariq Bracy's in the game, I don't hate the call if it's executed better, meaning bringing the safeties down. And personnel wise, you had the right two safeties. It was Ramon Henderson and Brandon Joseph. If any of your safeties are going to be blitzing, it's those two guys. Sure. So the right. personnel were right <laughs> from the blitzing standpoint. The personnel wasn't right from who you had at nickel. But you know what? That was Al Golden saying, hey, Jaden's had a great camp. We're going to trust him. Now it's up to Coach Mickens to say, hey, man, we got to make sure he doesn't make that mistake again. Yeah, We got to do a better job of getting the safeties prepared. Hey, O'Leary, we got to make sure that this is timed better. So all of that stuff is correctable, Vince. Absolutely. Who played, who didn't play, correctable. So yes. correct it. And, and we'll see if they come out next week, and I, I think they will. If you watch the press conference, Coach Freeman looked a little pissed off. Oh, and yeah. I was kind of happy about that. And he said some things that concerned me, and he said some other things that I really liked. But one of the things he said that I loved was at the very beginning. He was like, fellas, there are no, there's no such thing as a moral victory. Right. Now, here's the funny thing is, perception-wise, that was a moral victory because there's a lot of people that have more respect for Notre Dame today than they did yesterday. But that's not how he's looking at it. 
The other head coach back in the day would eat that stuff up, Vince. Eat it up. Hey, oh, you know yes. what? Oh, yes. But he was like, dude, there's n- the first thing he said in the press conference, there's no such thing as a moral victory. I'm actually going to read the quote because I, I really liked I really liked what he said, Vince. And it made me like, okay, he he he's he he gets it. He gets it. This is what he said. Uh, let's see here if I, I can find that quote real fast. I have it in one of my articles. He said this. He said, there's no such thing as a moral victory. We didn't win. We didn't finish the game. We didn't execute. Right. But then he said, he goes, I think we found out we've got a good football team. We've got a good, tough football team. We've got to learn how to finish. No excuses. We're, right. we're good enough to play in that game. And I actually oh. think part of me wonders if what he said was like, you know what? We're better than I thought we were. Because we didn't play well and still had a chance to beat Ohio State in the second half. And here's the thing that, that gives me a little optimism. And this is what I said in that article, Vince. Notre Dame is 0-2 under Marcus Freeman. They lost to a number team that finished number seven in the country and a team that right now is ranked second. They've Of 120 minutes of game action, they've led for almost 80 of those minutes including leads in the second half of both games and having possession of the ball in the fourth quarter with an opportunity to take a lead in both games. Correct. They're 0-2. They didn't win them, but they were in them. In the past, they weren't in games like this. That's a step in the right direction. Now let's take another big flip and step because I'm tired of of the moral victory talk, and I was glad to hear him say, "Uh uh-uh. This isn't a, this isn't good enough. Exactly. And because so it, we, I came we, out of that part of it happy to hear. What we, we've say. heard excuses in the past. Sure. I mean, and there was none offered last night. None. 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 And, and that, I love everything he said, but part of me thinks he was protecting people. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. No excuses last night. Right. None. Explanations, but not but excuses. But not excuses. There's a big difference. Right. If somebody asks you what happened on this play, you're going to explain what happened. Right. Hey, listen, if, you know, if they would have asked about the, the zone fire, look, we, we brought a, we brought a, we, we had a call we liked and, the safeties didn't get down there quick enough or this happened or that happened. That's an explanation to a question. That's different than an excuse. There was no right. excuse about, well, the, there was holdings and we didn't have, we didn't get them called. There was, well, Hey, look guys, we were playing a first time quarterback, you know, and Hey guys, you know what? We battled hard and we, you know, look, we're, we're going to learn from it and we'll be better next time. Right. No, it was like, there's no, we lost. Right. We lost. And he looked a little fired up and that, that was like, okay, this is, this is going to be good. Let's go. <laughs>